Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hi, Coulter. Nice pink shirt, man. Digging it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, the Grizzlies and the Portland State Vikings, Coulter. We were at this game last night, and it was a back-and-forth affair, a game that uh, you know saw uh, Portland State with a couple starters out of this game uh, really fight and put Montana in some bad spots, especially in the second half. Uh, they, they, had, they were you know, down by just four points and Mon- had already mo- gotten Montana into the bonus in terms of fouls. And so they were in a really good sh- in good shape, and Montana just slams the door shut. Saeed Pridget is two rebounds away from a triple-double in this game. He's been playing on ball that has revolutionized some of what they've been doing offensively. And Kendall Manuel, 27 last night, absolutely spectacular. He has caught fire uh, from uh, from the floor. I mean, it was, it was a little bit of a question mark of, like, you know, what's going on with Kendall Manuel, this great shooter? And we've seen him be a great shooter but wasn't in the first, uh, you know, kind of in the non-commerce portion of the season. Uh, but uh, this last couple of weeks has been absolutely outstanding. But really everybody, I mean, Mac Anderson, was absolutely spectacular uh, last night. Timmy Falls came in and was uh, massive as a contributor uh, and and distributor of the basketball, as he often is. And uh, Derek Carter-Hollinger, another big night. In fact, Derek Carter-Hollinger, the freshman of the Montana Grizzlies, is the uh, Big Sky Conference Men's Basketball Player of the Week. So three consecutive players of the week from the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, and this time, uh, DCH, the freshman, getting the award. So everybody was uh, 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 contributing last night. And Golter last night, we're sitting there watching the game. This was a different-looking Montana team from what we'd seen in person up to this point. They've looked great. They looked obviously great at Eastern Washington. And even in the loss in Northern Colorado, you could start to see some things – sort of 
turning for Montana, but they have they've they've turned a serious corner. It's not always a linear improvement, right? It's a you know it it spikes and then maybe it plateaus a little bit and then maybe it spikes and they're in a moment right now of tremendous growth as a team. They went from being brutal to watch to beautiful to watch, and I think that and that's happened in less than a month. And I think that there's several reasons for it. I think that they Montana. For as much talent as the Grizz have had the last two years, particularly last year, they didn't have the hierarchy in terms of role definition that they needed to. And I think that even though that team was spectacular to watch at times, they also left something to be desired at times. And oftentimes it just looked clunky. It looked brutal. But this team went from having no continuity having no flow and seeming to just be clunky in every stage of the game, communication wise, flow wise, offensive sets, defensive sets, everything to all of those things flowing wonderfully. And that's only been for two games. So how do you sustain it? And I do think these two games have the distinct similarity in the fact that even though there's a lot of new faces on this Grizz team, a lot of guys that are playing elevated roles, there's still a lot of guys that have been on the team and they remember that Eastern Washington swept them that they lost in Cheney the last two years and that mm-hmm. Portland State swept them a year ago and that they, these are, that Portland State and Eastern Washington are the two teams besides Northern Colorado that have been able to touch the Grizz in the last three years. Everybody else has gone by the wayside. Those are the only teams that have beat them. And then the Montana State had the one where Tyler Hall went off for 37 in Bozeman a couple years back. But yes. besides that... Sacramento State has had a couple. They've had a couple in, in, Sac, State. in, in Sac State. Yep. Right. But, I mean, these two teams are the most recent teams that have... have I mean, the, the most recent conference loss for the Grizz with the exception of their one conference loss this year. Their last conference loss of a year ago was against Portland State in Portland. So, I think these guys remember that. But also, I think that They've made a couple tweaks schematically that have really opened things up. Instead of putting Saeed Pridget on the block and running their standard offense that they've run forever and ever and ever, dump it down, the point guard runs the wheel, pops out on the other side, get the ball to both sides. Instead, now they put Saeed Pridget on the ball at times. They've been running a lot more high ball screen stuff. That simplifies things for Mac Anderson. That simplifies things for Derek Carter-Hollinger. It simplifies things if Timmy Falls is playing on the ball – he can have some room to drive now. So their spacing is a lot better. Their ball movement's a lot better. Their chemistry is a lot better. And I think that even though we are only about a third through the Big Sky Conference season so far, Travis DeCure deserves a, a tremendous amount of credit already because he has molded these guys. And I mean, I would venture to say they don't have the, they don't have a Michael Ogine. Like that's just this wow factor type player. But I just think from a pure basketball standpoint, they're more appealing to watch just this small sample size, just the last two games, but they're more appealing to watch than a lot of what I saw a year ago. And I think that that in itself is a testament to just the job that the coaching staff's done and also just the buy-in from the players. Yeah. It's been a lot more fluid, a lot more ball movement. Uh, as you said, we asked, uh, Coach Takir last night, sort of that very thing, Coulter, you said, you know, why has it been? You've been playing so much better the last couple of weeks. Pay attention, people, because as usual, post-game, Travis Takir, a little hoarse, a little hard to hear, but here you go, his answer to the question of what has changed the last couple of weeks for this Grizz men's basketball team. Uh, attention to detail. I, I, I think, you know, we're doing a better job of understanding the scout. The guys are spending more time reading the scouts and understanding personnel. Uh, so I think we're doing a good job there. And then offensively, we're taking care of the ball. We're moving the ball. I think our shot selection is a lot better right now. So it's just a turnover ratio has gotten better. 
That's quite a number of things that he covered, and that uh, it's all, I mean, it's all statistically true, uh, but also, you know, statistics are byproducts, man. It's, it's They're just a result of the way you play the game, and uh, and they can maybe tell you, point to something after the fact that was maybe a blind spot, but the reality is all the things that they just sort of work together. It's symbiotic. They build on one another. And in particular, Mac Anderson last night was was very, very good. He came in. He did not start in this basketball game and really hasn't been starting, but he did play 21 minutes. He started the second half of this game. Coach DeCure talked about he went to a, a defensive lineup, which is why he played a lot more. And Which was also a big lineup, too. I thought it was very yeah. interesting because they took Timmy Falls off the ball so that Timmy Falls could guard Holland Woods mm-hmm. and not expend too much energy. But then they put Side Pridget on the ball. They flank him with Timmy Falls, Kendall Manuel. So that's a you know pretty normal size backcourt. But then when you splice it in with Derek Carter Hollinger and Mac Anderson, it all of a sudden becomes one of their bigger lineups because now Pridget doesn't have to guard the post anymore. You can have one of those two younger guys guard the post. And that was where the game turned. I mean, it was this was 58-56 at the under 12 media timeout. And then Montana went on to 11-2 run. And I think they ended up scoring 27 out of the next 35 or 37 points. I can't remember the exact count. But they really took control of the game and dominated the game. And it was Mac Anderson. I mean, Mac Anderson scored four straight buckets. And I think it was a product of two things. Saul Nuhu, the Portland State standout senior center, yeah. he did not play in this it's game. Out. Yeah, it's a, it's a big loss for Portland State when he's not there. And they need him to be the guy who guards the inbounder because they run this full-court trap. And they also need him to be the guy to protect the rim. And so Montana was getting a lot of easy buckets in the lane, but also it was just a product of their patience as well. Travis Takir talked about it after the Eastern Washington game. They had to be patient to let their actions in their offense work. And when they do that, they find open layups, and that's why you that's how you get 21 and 20 assists, respectively, in consecutive games. So Mac Anderson, 10 points last night on, are you ready, 5 of 5 from the field. Lots of... Uh, on and down the rim types of plays for uh, Mac Anderson, but that's not why he was there. He was just there for his defense, but why was he playing better? Here's what Travis Takir had to say. I think that Mac's been playing with a lot more confidence lately. Uh, I, I think that the play out of Jared Sanderson is taking a lot of pressure off of Mac uh, and, and made his role a lot more defined for him. I feel like that he's more focused on defending and rebounding and not so concerned about his offense, and all of a sudden he's making shots. So there you go, and that's that's kind of the way it goes when you're when when he had he was he was relied on because out of necessity last year. I mean that's just the the fact of the matter with mm-hmm. Jamarco out. Mm-hmm. He he became the guy, and he he wasn't ready to be in that role, and wasn't wasn't brought in to be in that role, but was was needed, and so he came in, and that's beneficial to him, and from an experience standpoint and all that. But now when you get a transfer, uh, you know like Jared Samuelson to come in, who his best trait is his scoring ability. I mean he's great around the rim on the block, in the post with the ball in his hands. And that's not Mac's strength. Mac's strength is in transition and defending the rim. Right. And so now when he can focus, as Coach DeCure said, the things on the things that, that he needs to be in and be put in specifically to do that stuff. And you made a great point today. He got in a tremendous amount of foul trouble last year because he could not get to the spot in time and, and was maybe just a little step behind mentally on the on some of the defensive rotations and stuff. You know what? You pick up a foul or two now, it's okay. You That's don't have it. to play 30 minutes a game. We need you for 15 or whatever it might be. But then that 15 is such a, a – it's just such a much more rich – contribution that he seems to be able to give in this setting right now with that defined role. 
I mean, to me, the best coaches are the guys, instead of picking apart what their guys don't do well, they find the things their guys do well and put them in a position to do it. Yeah. And what you just said about the fouls, that's exactly what it is. Mac Anderson is is going to go after some shots. He's not a refined shot blocker yet, but he has the potential to be because he's six foot nine. he's got great length, and he can jump. Great leaper. And yeah. he just needs to figure out his timing, when to go for blocks, but he's going to get fouls. I mean, if he plays 20 minutes a game, there's a chance he's going to be flirting with fouling out. But that's okay when you have Jared Samuelson or when you have Saeed Pridgey who can move up to the front court if he's not playing in the backcourt. But you look at that 5-5 five five stat line for Mac Anderson, too. That's what he needs. Just catch the lob. Catch the dump down. Just yep. dunk it. He didn't dribble the ball one time last <laughs> night. I mean, I'm right. pretty sure Saeed Pridgey had four out of his 10 assists on this little dump-offs to Mac Anderson. But I think that that's the defining thing with this Grizz team right now is so many of the guys last year muddled each other's roles. Bobby Moorhead was the only guy that really had a defined role. Here's what you do. Here's what we need from you. Mm-hmm. Now, this year, with Kendall Manuel making shots, it spreads everything out for everybody. But we talked to Timmy Falls after the game, and I said, Timmy, I put this on Twitter, but I think that this is a compliment to you. I said... I think that where you've turned the corner the most is just realizing that if you make shots or not, that's way down the list of what Montana needs you to do. What the Grizz need from Timmy Falls, energy, dictate the tempo of the game on both sides, be the pesky defender that you are, you know, bring the electricity, bring the sweet passing, you know, be, be the energy guy. And you know, then it's okay if you go 0-4 from 3 because you still have the confidence in yourself and from your teammates to go up and step up yeah. and hit the dagger like he did last night. But the scoring line is inconsequential. He was three of nine last night, but I thought he was one of the most important players in the game because he guarded Holland Woods and he was able to control the dictate the pace on both sides. He was. Holland Woods, by the way, le- did lead Portland State with 18 points, but only went five of 13 from the floor. He scored eight of his 18 from the free throw line. It was eight of nine from the stripe. So when you talk about his actual shooting percentage, it was he was held to a very low percentage and especially with a couple of starters out, if you hold Holland Woods to under 20 points, you're in a great shape. Here's the other thing defensively as a team they did. They held uh, Portland State to zero, zero of 11 from beyond the arc. Not one made three-pointer for Portland State. In this day and age, you're not winning games if you can't make a couple threes at least. And uh, and they didn't let them get many off. And this is not a heavy three-point shooting team as it is, but nonetheless, over 11, I mean, there's a lot of points that are missing then at that point in a you know what becomes an 85-70 to 70 final in this thing. You mentioned Timmy Falls. You asked him about beating Portland State because, as you mentioned, Portland State swept the Grizzlies last year. What was it like for him to return and, uh, and, and get this one? It felt good to get a win. Uh, we know we struggled with them in the past, so we just made sure we focused on the scout, took away what they wanted, and yeah, just played our best, honestly. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information... 
Visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. To tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. You also asked Timmy Falls what is sort of the question of the night, but a very reasonable one. What's happened? What's changed in the last couple of weeks that's made this team, uh, you know, look so much better and really, frankly been so much better than what they were prior to it? I think we're just getting a little bit more mature. Uh, we're playing more as a team. Uh, I think our pace on both defense and offense has got way better than the preseason. So as long as we run our offense really well and then lock up on D, we just keep improving on it. So we're going to get even better for now. You know, it's it's interesting, though. You look at the guys who really played well last night, and, and, and basically everybody played well that played for Montana last night. And you point out, you know the efficacy of Timmy Falls, or the the definitive role, and then and you know what he was able to do with Mac Anderson, and so forth and so on. But at the end of the day, the two stalwart seniors were the dudes. I mean, yep. you talk about Saeed Pridget having two two rebounds away from was the fourth triple double. Yeah, Kareem Jamar had two, and Delvon Anderson had one. That's it. Fourth triple double in program history. It I mean, would have been that's amazing. And I think he was. You know? uh, I think he was. Two rebounds and two assists shy at Eastern Washington as well. No, look, I mean, I understand that triple doubles in the college game are far less frequent than they are in the NBA, and it's a you know less time and it's a whole different ball game and all that kind of stuff. But to think that there's only been three triple doubles in the history of the University of Montana is uh, is remarkable, and to think that Syed Pridget was two rebounds away. Not he got ten assists for crying out. It's right. usually the dimes that, that that do you in there. Seventeen points, ten assists, eight rebounds. Absolutely phenomenal both directions for Syed Pridget. And and sometimes I feel like you know the guys who are the guys that are that are uh, still the drivers of the engine for sure kind of get taken for granted because you expect it from a guy like him but another phenomenal night and then Kendall Manuel has has just been uh, lights out I mean 27 points last night five of seven from beyond the arc I mean he just he cannot miss right now I mean it, it's actually unbelievable considering the way he was shooting earlier in the year I mean I think he came into conference play yes. below 35 percent and he, he was shooting below 30 percent I think from three he's shooting 62 percent over his last four games in league play in in through six league games, Kendall Manuel, a three point specialist, who's at he uh, he has diversified his game a great deal. Yes, yes. But I mean, the guy's a shooter. Yep. He's fourth in the league in field goal percentage in league play. He's shooting fifty five percent from the field. He's a jump shooter. Even though even though half of his attempts are from beyond the arc, he's, not more. Right now, he's twenty three of twenty six from the free throw line in league play. He's shooting eighty eight point eight percent from the free throw line in league, and he's shooting eighty seven percent from the free throw line. Overall, he would be in the 90s. I jinxed him last night. I, I looked up his free throw percentage and said something to somebody sitting next to me, and then he missed the first out of three on a fouled three-pointer. That, that is your fault. He'd yes, probably be at the, in the 90s. But the guy's also then making almost three three-pointers a game, mm-hmm. and he's shooting over 50% from deep as well. He's shooting 55% from beyond the three-point line in league play. And obviously, it's a slightly small sample size, but the guy right now, He's tied for second in the league in scoring in league games. I mean, honestly, if you were to say that the league season ends right now, just six games in, with those shooting splits. He's in the conversation. Kendall Manuel is the MVP of the Big Sky Conference because the the other guys that have comparable stats, Holland Woods, I mean, his team's won two league games. Trayvon Allen from Idaho, 
His team hasn't been in the same. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying it, it's early. Yeah. It's like, but I, I guess what you'd say is he's he's been the player of the month in the Big Sky Conference, yeah. and it's a great story considering he's a Montana kid that has international roots that then went to the Pac-12 and played. I mean, he got a lot of playing time at Oregon mm-hmm. State, and then comes back. And on one hand. It was good that he got clear last year because he, he was a key member of the NCAA tournament team for the Grizzlies. He was the newcomer of the year in the league. But on the other hand, if he would have sat out last year, he could have had two years left. So the fact that he he somewhat made a sacrifice to to burn last year and be the seventh man, even though he was an impact guy, it's all paying off now for him having a great senior year so far, especially in league play. We talked to Kendall Manuel after the game last night as well and asked more specifically the last game or two, the ball movement of Montana has been just so much better in general. And why has that been and, and what has that meant for him as a shooter? Uh, just being able to get everybody to commit to driving in the lane and kicking it because before we were having people just drive, drive, but we weren't necessarily getting in the lane or anything. It was just more of like, oh, I'm going to dribble and then pass it, and it was all stagnant. But now, like I said, I think we're all getting more comfortable together and everything, and uh, the ball's moving well. Everybody's making plays and doing what they're supposed to do. Timmy does a great job of slashing and finding people, and uh, that's been a big thing that's helped us because obviously people are going to key off of me and Saeed too. So there you go. I mean, that's the, the, the driving and dishing, but driving with a purpose, driving to the lane, forcing defenders to collapse. I mean, there's a difference between taking a jog with the ball through the, you know, from from wing to wing and then driving with a purpose and a destination in mind to force the defense to commit and then kicking it out. And when, when you can do that, then that ball starts whipping around and all of a sudden, guess what? Dudes are open that defensive, you know, the, the defenders don't want open, and that has been more often than not Kendall Manuel, who's been spectacular. The other guy we got to talk about here, though, Coulter, is DCH, Derek Carter Hollinger. 13 points, four rebounds, three assists. This paired with his game against Eastern Washington, which was his breakout game of the year. 20 and 14, four blocks. Made him the, Mon, uh, the Big Sky Conference Men's Basketball Player of the Week. How about this? He's got he's he's averaging uh, nine rebounds, three blocks, two assists, and sixteen and a half points on the week, and he's doing it on. Are you ready? Fifteen of nineteen shooting. Are you talking about what is seventy nine percent from the floor in these two games? Now it's it's funky where the player of the week. I mean, it's two games. If you play two good games back to back, you can be the player of the week, and sure. that's what he's done. But first of all. So far, it's Montana and nobody else in league play. Yeah. Saeed Bridget and then Kendall Manuel and now uh, Derek Carter Hollinger have been the the Big Sky Conference Players of the Week for the three awards that have been handed out in yep. uh, in conference play. But also the emergence uh, of this kid. You know, we talked about after the Eastern game that is that is that the spark for a freshman to you know when he finally has that big night to really get the confidence going. Look, I mean, you don't know until you know. When you get into Division One, you know, take a step up from whatever. I don't care what high school ball you were playing; it's a different deal. Division One college basketball, regardless of the conference that you're in, to prove to yourself that you can do it, and just go, okay, I'm here. And and that's not, you know, it's not to say that you're going to expect necessarily, you know, 17 points a game out of Derek Carter Hollinger for the rest of the season or anything like that. But I, I, you, you can just see. I mean, the whole team has been playing better, but certainly he has been a benefactor of that, and his game has reached a, a, a new height from a confidence standpoint. They are playing a pretty short bench right now, but they're putting everybody 
in a position to do what they do well. And Derek Carter-Hollinger can by no means do everything. He can actually only do a few things at an elite level, but he can do a few things at an elite level as a true freshman. He's an elite leaper. He's a great rebounder. He's got natural shot-blocking instincts. And any time that he steps back and hits a couple three-pointers in a game, it's going to make Montana almost impossible to beat. I mean, if he's scoring in double figures and giving you a couple pick-and-pop three-pointers, that just changes everything that they do on offense. If him and Samuelson both can make the step-back three out of the pick, the ball screen pick-and-roll, it makes Montana really hard to defend. But I just think that they're doing such a great job of putting everybody in a position to succeed. And it, it just it, it's great to watch. I hope that they can maintain it because it really is special. But I, yeah. I do think one factor that's worth two factors I think you are is worth noting. One, I think that this team is a young team that is are is starting to reap the dividends of the really difficult non conference that they played. It's not the Portland State's not Oregon. So you have a ton of confidence going into the game. You know, they're, they're not Arkansas. They're not a Power 5 Washington school. And none of the, none of the schools in the Big Sky are. I think you can see a confidence boost because of that. And I also think that it's going to be a big turning point now because they're not on break anymore. I think that they made huge strides during Christmas mm. break because mm-hmm. you could have more tense practices. The guys could be more focused. I asked Coach Takira that after the game, after we were done with the interviews. I said, it's got to be a, a factor that these guys haven't been in school. And he said, oh, no question. I said, now we got to lock back in because you know, last yesterday, last night was the the first night after the first day of school. The first day of school is always the best day of school, right? <laughs> it's the, and now you you got to continue to focus and continue to get better because practices will be uh, more fleeting as they go down the stretch. Uh, a couple of just final notes on this because I think this is interesting. Derek Carter Hollinger, the first freshman to win Conference Player of the Week since. Are you ready? Holland Woods did it in 2017, and he is the first. Montana Grizzly to do it since they've kept the records of it in Big Sky, you know, of conference records of the Player of the Week. No freshman for the Grizzlies ever to do it, and it's also the first time since 2012-2013 that the same team in consecutive weeks has had three different guys do it. Mm. Sometimes you have one guy who's just so good, you know, sure. and just does it, but to have three different guys do it really uh, shows the 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 diversity of this team and the way they're doing it. So a good week. The Grizzlies five and one in the Big Sky Conference. They are uh, a game ahead of Northern Colorado and uh, Southern Utah, who are both three and one. How they've played two more games in those two teams shows you again the imbalance of some of the scheduling and. Montana will enjoy some time off while those teams are playing as you go through the rest of the uh, the schedule. Sacramento State, Idaho State at 3-2, and two, and the Montana State Bobcats at 3-3. Three and three. Speaking of, Danny Sprinkle, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats, is going to join us right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite – Water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. 
Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. We welcome the head basketball coach of the Montana State men's team, Danny Sprinkle. Coach Sprinkle, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Always good to join you guys. Well, we appreciate you being here. Uh, kind of an interesting deal, this Big Sky Conference scheduling the way it goes. You played on Saturday, a great game, one that you fell by one point to Portland State. Now you got a week off to prepare for Eastern Washington. I know you've been doing some recruiting and stuff, but just here early on, your first year back in the Big Sky as a, as a head coach, what's the schedule been like for you? And do you, do you, do you like it? Do you find it weird? What, what's your experience of it? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure yet. I'll tell you right now, though, it was brutal playing six games in basically 13 and a half days right. um, to start league. And not only, you know, not only the, you know, I mean, basically a game every two, two and a half days, but, you know, the, the travel's brutal. You know, I mean, going, you know, first off, you know, playing two games and then driving right or going down to northern Colorado and then you got to, you know, drive an hour and a half to Greeley drive right back and then fly to Vegas and drive three and a half hours to Cedar City and play them at 2 o'clock on a Saturday. Um, and then obviously last week, you know, bus eight hours to Idaho and come right back after the game. And, and then you got to play another game on Saturday against the up-tempo team like Portland State, uh, which is tough. But I think one thing that people don't really understand, too, for us and the University of Montana is uh, our trip is actually probably the easiest trip for people, you know, because right. you fly into Bozeman or Missoula, and then you play a game, and then you just got to bus two and a half hours. And where we have to, you know, bus eight hours to Idaho, you know, and then bus right back and play Portland State, or you got to play Sacramento State, fly to Phoenix, drive two and a half hours. You know, it, it's tough. And I know a lot of people think, oh, just going to Montana stuff, but like it's actually the easiest trip for them. Especially because they got rid of the travel partners, right? It used to be at least if you rode the bus to Idaho eight hours, you could ride the bus for an hour to Cheney and play them before you got to come eight hours back. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I guess kind of with the lone wolf, you know, I guess we've got 11 teams now. And, uh, you know, they'll either get it up to 12 or down to 10. You know, it's going to kind of be like that. So the only good thing with our travel was, you know, we, we didn't start school until yesterday. And so we got a lot, three of the toughest, you know, road trips out of the way without, you know, missing school. I do want to ask you about that, but one more question about um, just the big sky in general. You spent so much time in the West Coast, you know, both at Northridge and Fullerton. How does the big sky compare to the big West in terms of scheduling challenges? Is there any similarities or is it different? What's the comparison? Uh, no, it, it's kind of completely opposite because, I mean, the one be- the best thing about the big West conference was, it was basically a bus league. Right. I mean, at Fullerton, we would bus a half hour to Long Beach, a half hour to Irvine, 45 minutes to Riverside, an hour to Northridge, hour and a half to Santa Barbara. The only time we ever got on a plane was the uh, one-hour Southwest flight to Sacramento to play UC Davis and then a trip to Hawaii. And so, I mean, it was uh, – and even in the non-conference, you know, you're going to play USC or UCLA, which is a half-hour bus ride. So, you know, you're, you, the, the toll that it takes on your guy's body – is uh, is completely different than the big sky. You mentioned that the fact that the kids have been on break. I think it's interesting because leading up to the season, you get a ton of time to work with the guys individually and as a team. But then when the season starts, it's kind of hard to get full two and a half hour practices in or wherever they might be. When you do get a little bit extra time, though, because the guys don't have class, they don't have other uh, things that are kind of weighing on their minds. 
what changes about practice? Not only the way you guys operate, but also just the fact that probably the guys just have an opportunity to focus a little bit more just on basketball. Well, they do, and that's that's the best part about Christmas break. You know, you can kind of implement some new stuff. Um, you know, you you have more time. You have more freedom with the guys. You can feed them more. You know, and they don't have the stress of you know of going to class and you know the daily grind of that. But it's uh, I mean, it, it's good and bad. You know, because at this time of year too, you know, you're trying to save their legs too. So it's kind of a it's kind of a catch twenty two. It's like how hard do we work them? Do we you know? And with our schedule, you know, playing the six games in 14 days, when we had days off, it was kind of weird just doing walkthroughs. Um, and we have some guys banged up, you know, Harold Frey, and, you know, Devin Kirby hasn't, you know, he hasn't played the last, you know, seven games, I believe. And so, you know, Layden Ricketts has been banged up, you know, all summer and all, all fall. And so, you know, we've had to kind of, you know, we've had to, we've had to adjust quite a bit with our practices and, and, uh, you know, and trying to get a lot of stuff done through film and walkthroughs. Danny Sprinkle joining us. He's the head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team. And, Coach, you get into, uh, you know, you get through the non-conference and then it's all about conference play in the big sky. You're 3-3 three and three to this point. You've had a couple very close losses. You've had a couple very close victories. And now you have two teams back-to-back that have been perennially pretty good in this conference in Eastern Washington and Weber State. And yet this year it's such a wide-open conference. Where do you feel like your team is at especially at this point where we're six games into a 20 game schedule. You know, I, I think we're, I think we're gaining confidence, you know, slowly, even though, you know, we've lost a couple of close ones in the end. Um, you know, I've, I've felt like we've still played pretty well, even, even against Portland state, like we executed, you know, they just, they made big time plays, you know, the Holland Woods kid made a big time shot to beat us. And that's what good players do. And Harold Frey's done that to people too. Uh, he did the same thing to Idaho, and uh, you know, so it, it's it's going to be like that. I, I, you know, just judging by all the scores, I mean, it it is a you know, there's a lot of parity in the league, and and it's going to come down to kind of who makes the plays the last three four minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Shoot, Harold Frey did make the play; he just did it ten seconds too early against <laughs> no, Portland no. State. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so. Coach, you played in the Big Sky, but the Big Sky is distinctly different than when you played and you so you've got a chance to play some of the new teams like northern colorado southern utah but some of the older teams too like idaho i know is in the league the last year it would that was your first year eastern washington some of the traditional rivals i know eastern's on the the horizon but what's that give and take like playing teams as a head coach that you've never seen before really but then also maybe the nostalgia of of playing a portland state or an idaho yeah no it uh it, it, it it's been fun like going back to idaho was it did. It brought back a lot. Brought back a lot of memories, you know. Uh, you know, playing against the kid Harry Harrison, and you know, uh, and those guys, and you know, going back to Eastern will probably be, you know, the same thing. And going into Dahlberg Green will be the same. Uh, but obviously, you know, Northern Colorado and Southern Utah. I mean, they're. I know their coaches both really well, and, and I mean they're they're fun to compete against, and, and boy are they talented, both of those teams. And uh, you know, it's. It's fun just going to different environments and different, you know, arenas and, and kind of just seeing how the big sky has changed. Last thing for you, Coach, I know you're on your grind here. You're right in the middle, in the heart of, of this basketball season. But what's it been like for you to to be the head coach at Montana State now that you have been, you know, you got 20 games under your belt or whatever it is at this point, and, and, and you're going through it in this first season? You know what? I haven't even had a chance to even, like, think about it right to be honest with you. it's uh i mean it's been it's been 
I'll tell you what, it's, it's a lot more stressful and, uh, and just the daily decisions that you have to make that affect, you know, so many people, every player, every person on your staff, every person in your department. And, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of look back now, like even as an assistant, sometimes you're like, you know, you feel like you're doing a ton of stuff, but in reality, it's like, man, now, now I know, now I know why the head coach was acting like this. Now I know why we're doing it this way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because it, it is, it's a, it's a totally different mind shift, um, you know, from how you talk to your players, how you talk to your staff, how do you, you know, talk to your boosters and all that stuff. And it's, it, but it's been, it's been kind of what I expected, but, uh, you know, there's obviously some things you can't prepare for. Well, Coach, we certainly appreciate you being with us, and uh, best of luck this Saturday against Eastern Washington there in Bozeman. Going to be a great matchup, and, uh, and keep it rolling here, okay? You bet. Appreciate you guys. Always good talking with you. You bet. Thank you, Coach. Danny Sprinkle, head coach of the Montana State Bobcats men's basketball team, again hosting Eastern Washington on Saturday. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. LSU, 42. Clemson, 25. Joe Burrow throws for five touchdowns, runs for another. And the Heisman Trophy winner stamps the award. The offensive line is the, I don't even know, what to, what's, the, what's the name of that award, Coulter, for the best offensive line in college football? They got a, a full uh, offensive unit award. Anyway, uh, LSU won that thing as well. And I don't know, it was interesting because this is the first game. Look, man, Oklahoma was no match for LSU anyway, and then they had three of their best players suspended for the for the football game. Joe Moore. Joe Moore Award. Okay, for the offensive line. Thank you, David. Um and what they did to Oklahoma was was shocking to me to a certain extent. The, the extent to which they did. I mean, seven touchdown passes in the first half. Four hundred passing yards in the first half. I mean that's that is crazy. And yet, you still went, well, you know, kind of the game goes the way it goes, and it snowballed on Oklahoma, and that was just it, and that was all, and whatever. Clemson is the test, and it was pretty clear there were the three best teams in college football this year, these two in Ohio State. I think people would like to have seen maybe what Ohio State would have done it, you know, against LSU, but that's not the way the bracket set up, and that's what it is. But LSU came into, a, you know, against a team that has answered the bell 29 times in a row, two of the last three national championships coming into this thing with maybe the best quarterback in college football 
and and guys who've been there. You know, we talk about this before Coulter and the NFL, but sometimes if you're a team that hasn't been there before, you gotta. It takes something more to break through. You gotta. You're gonna lose something. You're gonna be the Baltimore Ravens who, who don't get it done before you do get it done. But for LSU, it was a little bit back and forth. They were down ten in this game early on in the first half. And then they just put the hammer down, and there was no answers from from Clemson for this team. And even when Clemson got a stop and a score in the second half and made it a 28-25 game, it was a question mark heading into the end, you know, towards the deeper into the third quarter. But in that third quarter, when that touchdown was scored, you just thought, that's it. LSU is the better team. They're up two scores now. They're up 11 points, and that's, that is the end of this thing. And it was. And LSU, by the way, their defense, uh, after that opening touchdown by Clemson, didn't allow another point by Clemson in the second half. I mean, that is an impressive performance against two, I mean, first-round wide receivers, probably the number one overall pick in the draft in Trevor Lawrence, and an outstanding running back as well. I mean, this is an unbelievably good group of players that that, that that Clemson has, and they got shut out for the last 25, 24 minutes of this football game. Uh, tremendous work by LSU, and they proved themselves to be the hands-down best team. They, they, they won the national championship with a clean slate and had the hardest schedule in the country. I mean, they played everybody. Played everybody. Beat them down. So I, I couldn't be more impressed with LSU and what they what they did this se- in this season as a whole. There's certain college football programs that have these omnipresent narratives that last for forever, and sometimes they last for the duration of a coach, but sometimes they last for multiple coaches. And LSU, to me, defensively look exactly like they've always looked, and then on offense, their receivers are they've always had good receivers. And they've always had great running backs. They've always just been missing the quarterback. And it's just amazing how one guy, you just turn the corner and you add Joe Burrow and you go from the LSU that's always so solid, so good, in the mix for SEC titles, in the mix chasing the college football playoff, but not quite there. And you add this one guy and you blow the doors off of absolutely everybody. I mean, they just they, they look so good in every element of the game. And I think so much of that comes from the athletes on defense are great, but they can play even harder and they can play with more reckless abandon, knowing that they got a dude who's straight up good for four touchdown passes a game. I mean, the guy threw 60 touchdowns this year. I saw a stat on Twitter. I think it was 2015, 2018. Do you have this stat right yep, here in front of you? Say, 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 say the stat. You, that, you know, you got it. 2000, 2015 to 2018, LSU combined touchdown passes 59. This year, Joe Burrow, 60. One season, more than I can't tell if this is three seasons worth or if it's four, if there's four. It must I think be it's four, four seasons. Yeah. Worth. So on, I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the right possible? guy in the right spot. Well, this was the thing, man. Like LSU, I mean, they won a natty with less miles, right? I mean, they're 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 a great team, and LSU has consistently been a top ten, top eight, top five football team with every. Wide receiver at times, running backs, and always the D- the DBs that you could ever want play in the game, and their defense has always been you know where they've kind of hung their hat and gotten the thing done, and why they they couldn't score points. 
I mean, that's what got Les Miles fired is they could not put the ball in the end zone against other teams. And also, they were also the the sort of also ran to Alabama. I mean, at the end of the day, there are a couple of programs out there who, you know, for, we take it for granted, you know, that Alabama is is the king. And look, I mean, the, the reality is that they are. But there's a bunch of other programs who don't think that they should be, that don't think that it's just their, quote, birthright or whatever to be that. And LSU is one of those programs. LSU in their own conference, in their own half of the conference, in the in the uh, uh, SEC West, thinks that they have every resource, every ability to compete toe-to-toe and win against Alabama year in and year out. And this was the year that it finally happened. By the way, in Alabama, they won that football every game. Every school in the SEC believes that. It, it's. I have always been a fan of LSU. Have you? What, what do you think of LSU? I love LSU. I have always loved the... There's so much pageantry in college football, and there's there's varying traditions, and I think that college football across the country reveals the cultures of places. I mean, you can learn a lot about a place like Oxford, Mississippi by watching a pregame from Oxford, Mississippi when Ole Miss is going to play. You can learn a lot about Eugene, Oregon by watching just the kind of the makeup of, of the people that live there and what, what characterizes the town. But I've always thought that the Bayou thing that LSU's got going on, it has been awesome. And I think that the way that they've been able to recruit in their just their geographic vicinity and how so much of their so many of their athletes have looked the same for so long because they're just recruiting from the same areas. These guys are ready to roll. I mean LSU has had so many NFL caliber defensive backs but most of them have been from their little neck of the woods. They've been from Louisiana and, and from the South, from Florida, from that little area. And so then to, to watch them break through, because they've always been just missing that piece. And it's not just the specific quarterback, but it's been been able to kick down the door, truly embrace greatness. And I think that to see a guy like Ed Orgeron, so often coaches like Orgeron, they're, they're, they are the self-fulfilling tragedies right they almost get to the top of the Mm -hmm. mountain but they could never quite get there and so to have him actually be able to do this and lead this team to recruit joe burrow believe in him set him loose and then have it all culminate in beating a fine football team i mean clemson is outstanding and Dabo sweeney is outstanding and so to have it all come to a head like it did last night is a really I just thought it was a great story and I think that that is why these guys resonated with people across the country all season long here's something that I would like to also point out Coulter we talk about the state of Texas and high school football in the state of Texas and what it's like there and you got so 28.7 million people in the state of Texas you know how many people live in Louisiana 4.66 million so it's a lot of people it's one-sixth of the number of people that live in Texas. But you know what else Louisiana has? One school, LSU. Texas is Texas, A&M, Baylor, uh, 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 and, and you know SMU coming on. Oklahoma, right, is, te- is pulling from there as well as are a bunch of other places because it's so good over there. But the high school football in the state of Texas, which gets so much run and deservedly so, the high school football in Louisiana is unbelievable. And there are, there's only one institution that's the state institution there, whereas there's 
a plethora in the state of Texas that are big time, whether they're SEC, Big 12, whatever they are, SMU, top 25 type of program that are pulling from those kids. And so I think that that's why their, quote, little neck of the woods delivers all these kids because their their ability to put a fence up around their state is very, very strong, much stronger than what Texas's is in Texas. Like UT. For sure. For sure. And I, th- and I think that's what I'm trying to say as far as the the culture being so intertwined with the school. Yeah. There's a lot of kids that just pick LSU because they want to stay in that that's right. world. Because right. it is a different world than a lot of other places. And I, but I think it's a great world. I, I personally th- find the whole thing endlessly entertaining. By I think the it's way, awesome. LSU, the university taking school off yesterday and today, here, here to you. You certainly should do that. Hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. We got ourselves a good one. Mike Dugar, a buddy from The Athletic, covers the Seahawks. The season that was, the future that is for Seattle with Mike Dugar next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 